0: And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's HealthLock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter. When you go to the website hollywoodtakeover.com/sean. S-E-A-N. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity radio show podcast. Never get too high, never get too low. You've got to be measured and steady that wins the race. I know some of Wow, this is amazing. I look at these Hannity. Did you see it? There's a chance. Yes, Trump can win the election and I'm getting all, I don't get too high. I don't get too low either. I don't get excited. I just, the the goal here and from here on out is to win the day and win the day every day. Not just one day, but every day. And if you do that, you will likely become, Trump could be the next president of the United States. The poll numbers for him are phenomenal. There's no doubt there has been a dramatic, and by the way, this is What do you want to play for? What is it you're trying to tell me in the middle of my opening
1: monologue? What is it? I think you'll want to hear it. It's it's our favorite pipsqueak stenographer, Zucker's uh, boot-looking friend. Jeff Zucker's
0: uh, stenographer, unreliable media matters, liberal sources, the show that he does that has no rating. Why am I giving this stupid punk and pipsqueak a a scintilla of my important airtime? What is it now?
1: I don't think you should use words like that because he doesn't know what they mean, but... Yeah, Um, let's let me just play it for you. And then we can. talk All right. Baskets are a popular phrase. Let's use baskets for this. There's a basket of legitimate questioning about Hillary Clinton's health and some conservative commentators and media figures fit into that basket. They're right to wonder uh, about her health in some cases. Then there's this other basket, a truly deplorable basket. Sean Hannity fits into it. So it's Rush Limbaugh. These are people who bring up rumors and innuendo about Clinton's health and have been doing it for years. I'm not saying Hannity or Limbaugh fit into this necessarily, but they, some of these figures oh, want her to be isn't sick. isn't that cute? They He's want quoted. her to be dying. They want oh, I want her to be bed. sick and dying? It's wishful thinking. Wishful thinking that she's sick and dying?
0: You know, you can pull audio from this show the other day, and I said, I wish her well. And I said with Newt Gingrich yesterday, didn't I? I said, you know, some people won't believe we're sincere, but we really wish her the best. How many times do I have to say that? You know what? That is, rather than admit he was wrong, wrong about her health and guess what the clinton news network was wrong about her health and they claimed it was a conspiracy and rather just admit you know what i was wrong these guys were way ahead of the curve because we actually did research on her deep pain thrombosis her fall where she couldn't remember that she was even briefed by the by the State Department on cybersecurity issues. We actually looked into the health issues, put real doctors on with their analysis of what was in the public arena, and then we said, well, what do you think about it? And by asking questions, that somehow is a conspiracy theory. Then you have a full-blown collapse, and then spinning like a top, like, oh, by the way, CNN. Can't a woman ever just take a day off, Christiana Manpour says, because the, the Clinton News Network. And then after that, which is hilarious... Um, They can't just admit, uh, because I actually tweeted that that pipsqueak, and I said, well, what now, Brian? Now that she had a full-on collapse in front of the country, I'm sure it's just a conspiracy. No, I wish Hillary Clinton well. Uh, I don't wish anybody ill, but I hope she's defeated because her ideas are as bad as the ideas of Obama, which obviously Mr. Liberal Media Matters quoting Stelter and Jeff Sucker, stenographer Stelter seem to care the most about now can i finish my opening monologue please now are you done trying to get me all riled up before the program i don't care what anybody says about me in the next 54 days i don't care you know what i care about 95 million americans suffering needlessly out of the labor force I care about the lowest home ownership rate in 51 years, thanks to Obama's liberal leftist status policies. I'm worried about the worst recovery since the 40s, the first president never to hit 3% GDP growth in his presidency. I'm worried about 12 million more Americans on food stamps. I'm worried about 8 million more in poverty. I'm worried about one in five American families without a single person working. Not one. I'm worried about men 18 to 34, their prime get it going work years that they're either in jail or living in mommy's basement. I'm worried about more debt accumulated under this president than the previous 43 combined. So I don't really have time for pipsqueaks and I don't have time for never Trumpers because in 54 days we're going to have a new president of the United States elected and we're either going to have one that gets it or one that doesn't get it. And I would prefer we elect the one that gets it. So for me, all of this is insignificant. All of these people are insignificant. You know what? Because people, Americans, our fellow Americans are suffering. And government, in large part, is responsible for that. Look, I warned everybody as loudly as I could about what a rigid, radical ideologue Obama was. I warned everybody that with us, Frank Marshall Davis a communist indoctrination, his Alinskyite indoctrination as a disciple of Alinsky, his Acorn organizing indoctrination, his Black Liberation Theology, Reverend G. D. America, Reverend Wright indoctrination, and Bill Ayers and Bernardine Dorn indoctrination, and his pretty crappy, you know, work record leading up to him becoming even a US senator, that he wasn't equipped for the job, and that he would do great damage to the country. And lo and behold, all the numbers seem to back me up. So rather than make a mistake again, I'm trying one more time to appeal to the common sense of the American people, those that choose to listen to me, and and try and make you realize how significant this election is going to be, what this choice comes down to, how much it will impact the future of our country. And it may be your last shot. Frankly, I don't know if I don't know if we get another shot. Hannity, you're selfish. No, I hate to tell you this, but I'm going to be fine. This isn't going to impact me, but this is going to impact everybody like me that starts like me in this life that I would like to leave the country in the same shape or better than I found it. I'd like to have American men being able to work instead of having to go home and live with mommy. I'd like to not put the burden of debt on my children and grandchildren if I ever have grandchildren if I live long enough. I'd like to see that America takes steps to stop radical islamists from coming into the country. I like Trump's extreme vetting. I don't like Hillary's non-vetting and a 550% increase. I'd like to build a border to secure america's national security and not have illegal immigrants competing for the limited jobs we have i'd like to see coal miners keep working and coal businesses stay in business and if hillary's elected she promises to put them out of business and out of work i'd like to get rid of obamacare finally maybe we can keep our doctors and can keep our plans i'd like to see economic growth i think trump gave one of his best speeches on the economy today So this election has consequences. Your choice has consequences. I'd hate to think of the type of justices Hillary's going to put on the Supreme Court. So there's a lot in play here. And what a little pipsqueak who needs my attention thinks about me on this given day is insignificant. It means nothing to me. All I know is the America I grew up in, where my grandfathers, both of them, and my grandmothers, both of them, All came here with no money, but the willingness to work hard and work their way up the ladder and build a life for themselves and, more importantly, a life for their children. And my father, who grew up poor in Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn, and it was a big deal to grow up in that little pipsqueak house I grew up in, in Franklin Square with four kids and one bathroom and a small backyard, was a big deal to him, and he made a better life for me and my sister's. And I'd like to think that I stand on his shoulders and my grandfather's shoulders and my grandmother's shoulders and that my job is to do what they did for me, which is to make this country a better place, which is why I warned you about Obama, which is now why I'm warning you about Hillary Clinton, which is why I'm highlighting every single solitary day. If you listen to this program, what's at stake in this election? You can break it down two words. Supreme Court. You can break it down two words. You know, lower taxes. You can talk of uh, repeal Obamacare, energy independence, you know, uh, education states. There you go. Build wall. Another one. These are significant, extreme vetting, extreme and profound and impactful substantive differences between these two people. There are two roads here that you can follow. There's the straight and narrow road. We have Larry Kudlow coming up later in the program. Larry Kudlow wrote a great book. I've been reading it, JFK and the Reagan Revolution, A Secret History of American Prosperity. In other words, basically everything Trump outlined in his speech is in the the same vein as Kennedy and Reagan in lowering marginal tax rates and spurring dramatic economic growth. You factor in then the energy jobs. If America makes a commitment to expand coal and fracking and drilling and nuclear technology, we can put millions of Americans to work in high-paying jobs that aren't just jobs but careers. But rather, we'd rather be dependent on the Saudis, Hillary's best friends, you know, the people that treat women like crap and kill gays and lesbians. And the ones that, you know, persecute Christians and Jews, those people that keep giving her tens and tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, they're the ones with the monopoly on the lifeblood of our economy, which is energy. There's so much at stake here. It will impact this country for generations to come. And I'm tired of petty, ignorant, self-righteous idiots that are in this for whatever agenda they have. If you ask me what my agenda is, my agenda is I want the America that allowed a kid that delivered papers at eight, washed dishes at 12, was a cook at 13 and 14, a busboy at 15, a waiter at 16, a bartender at 17, and not long after that, a house painter, a paper hanger, a roofer, a, a framer, and a tile layer to actually reach a level of success that I frankly never even dreamed of. And what I see is the ladder that I climbed up is missing one rung after another. And it's getting to the point that my six-foot frame can't reach up and grab the next rung of the ladder. So that means it's that much harder. And what I'd like to do is rebuild the rungs of the ladder. So if you are a dishwasher today, a house painter today a construction worker today that you're going to make enough money to pay for college to find your dream so that you can pursue whatever it is whatever talents god gave you in life i guess god gave me one talent a big fat mouth and i use my big fat mouth to make a living and i use my big fat mouth to get into fights with people that are so dumb and so stupid and so ignorant that are banging their head up against the wall supporting hillary clinton saying Well, let's beat it a little harder and see if we get a different result. Because what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same dumb, idiotic, stupid thing over and over and over and over again, thinking things are going to come out differently, and they're not. Now, there's a reason that Trump is doing so well. As I told you yesterday, he's now winning in the state of Nevada, a Monmouth University poll. you got a Suffolk University poll in Ohio. He's up by three in that poll. You've got a poll showing widespread concerns. I guess I'm not the only separate basket of deplorable with Rush Limbaugh, but additionally, 41% say her health is below average or poor. That's probably a good analysis. She doesn't look healthy. Healthy people don't collapse the way she collapsed the other day. Anyway, the real clear politics average is now down to one and a half. That's huge for Trump. He was down by eight just a few weeks ago. Today's L.A. Times tracking poll, Donald Trump is up by six. You have a CBS New York Times poll that shows Trump and Hillary tied. The New York Times is saying it. You know there's something to it. If you look at North Carolina, that's another big, big state for, for Donald Trump. That's going to be in play. But with all the good news in the polls, I can't predict to you today that Donald Trump's going to be your next president. Anybody that says they know the outcome of this election is lying to you. It's all a guess and they hope they turn out right so then they can say, see, I understood. The one thing I can tell you is philosophically, ideologically, Trump's plan on the economy is far superior with more predictable, better results than anything that Hillary and Obama have done or will do. That Obamacare is a failure and Trump replacing it is a good thing. I can tell you that the Supreme Court selection of an originalist over an activist judge will impact this country in deep, profound ways for generations. Energy independence will result in great jobs and also better national security. Education sent back to the states is far better than top-down, NEA-supported Common Core. Immigration controlling our borders is good for national security, and it's good for those 95 million Americans out of the labor force. That's what I care about. That's what drives me. That's what gets me up in the morning. And this is what this election is about. This is a time for choosing. This is not a time for fence sitting. This is not a time for whining. This is not a time for, oh, how does this affect me, my intellectual class of the Republican Party? Life is passing you by. Make your choice. And when I was in the Twitter fight with these idiots last week, On Saturday at the Rascal Flats concert, Gary yelled at me when I was tweeting on stage. Um, That was my set. Who are you choosing? Choose. Who are you voting for, Bill Kristol? Who are all you National Review guys voting for? Mitt Romney, who are you going to vote for? Ted, who are you voting for? Carly's now voting for Trump. You know, who's John Kasich going to vote for? Who's uh, Jeb Bush going to vote for? Nobody still? Really? Then you own Hillary and her bad choices. That's it. I love my country. I warned you about Obama. I am warning you today. Mark this day down. I am warning you Hillary Clinton is as bad if not worse. You've been warned. Do with that what you will. I'll be fine. Thank you very much. Will you?
1: Baskets are a popular phrase. Let's use baskets for this. There's a basket of legitimate questioning about Hillary Clinton's health. And some conservative commentators and media figures fit into that basket. They're right to wonder uh, about her health in some cases. Then there's this other basket, a truly deplorable basket. Sean Hannity fits into it. So it's Rush Limbaugh. These are people who bring up rumors and innuendo about Clinton's health and have been doing it for years. I'm not saying Hannity or Limbaugh fit into this necessarily, but they, some of these figures want her to be sick they want her to be dying they want her to be on her deathbed it's wishful thinking want
0: her sick want her dying want her on her deathbed you know i mean is this now what the jeff zucker clinton news network has become by the way jeff i've heard an interesting tape with your voice on it recently Really interesting tape. Really, really interesting tape. Sucking up to somebody for interviews. Really interesting tape. Anyway, uh, we'll just throw that out there. Anyway, you know, look, it is, um, you've got to understand, this, this now has caused a panic among the left. These polls are putting the left in a full-fledged panic. Even the Never Trumpers are now panicked at the thought that Donald Trump is going to be their next president. And so what this now results in is all the predictable. I'm in my own basket of deplorables. I guess it's me and Rush in the same basket of deplorables. Well, how did Levin escape this basket? How did he get out of the basket with us? He's in every other basket with us. I don't understand that. I'm gonna call Levin. Yeah, I'm not in the basket. There you go. Thank me. I'll say it. Um you know, I, by the way, I saw Levin on Saturday night. He's such a character. So much fun to hang out with. He really is. I make him do stuff that nobody else in the world can make him do. I won't tell you what I made him do, but it's pretty funny. So, um, no, this, these are legitimate questions based on what we know about Hillary's health. About You know, if somebody has a four-and-a-half-minute coughing fit and then another coughing fit and then somebody collapses and if somebody had deep vein thrombosis and venal... Uh, cerebral thrombosis and is on lifetime coumadin and had told the fbi they didn't remember ever being briefed on cybersecurity because of the concussion they suffered sorry i know that that this might not fit into what is news on the you know ever so shallow clinton significant significant uh, network cnn and i know it doesn't show up on media matters which is You know, Brian, the pipsqueak stelters show prep every week. But sorry, these are all legitimate questions. And no, Brian, I don't wish anybody ill. I don't hope anybody's on their deathbed. I don't want Hillary to be sick. Uh, I want this election won on ideas. I want this election won on the idea that the last eight years, a referendum on statism and redistribution and liberalism, which she supports, has been an abysmal failure. I want this election run on a foreign policy idea that can actually say radical Islam and not bringing in unvetted refugees and actually securing our border and not depending on countries that hate us for the lifeblood of our economy, which is called energy. Oh, Hillary just took the stage. She looks so vibrant today. Wow, I'm so happy she doesn't look like she is on her deathbed. I'm so happy. Happy, happy. I mean, who would say something like that? It's the say, you know, this is so quintessentially liberal and leftist. Oh, we can't argue on the facts that Hannity was right about Hillary's health and it's all there now for the world to see. And Hannity and the doctors that he interviewed were way ahead of the curve rather than acknowledge we were right about Hillary and her health. And we were right about Obama and his failed policies. You can't do that on the Clinton News Network. So let's double down and just say Hannity wishes she was dead. Wishes she was on her deathbed. Actually, it's somewhat amusing, but it's quintessential. It's, it's right out of, you know, typecasting for being a liberal, a leftist in the media. Right out of typecasting. Republicans are racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, blah, blah, blah. But let's not analyze on CNN Hillary taking money from countries like Saudi Arabia and Oman and Kuwait and the UAE and all these other countries. Tens of millions in the case of the Saudis for the Library and the Clinton Foundation. Let's not analyze their horrible treatment of women. Hillary claims to be their champion, but women can't drive. Women can't go on vacation unless they get permission from a man. Women can't go out in public. They're told how to dress. They must go with a male relative. And, of course, women are treated horribly. They need four male eyewitnesses in many, many Muslim countries to prove rape. And then in Saudi Arabia, gays and lesbians are killed. Well, wait a minute, Hannity, you're against gay marriage. Okay, I don't want to change the definition of marriage, but I think it is evil and atrocious and an abomination to kill people. Innocent people, gays and lesbians, slaughtered just because they're gay and lesbian. John Hannity, libertarian, don't give a flying rip what anybody does in their bedroom. Well, Hannity, that that breaks stereotype. And then, of course, Christians and Jews, they're persecuted in Saudi Arabia. And God forbid, if you're a Muslim and if you want to become a Christian or Jew, that's called apostasy. And the death for apostasism is the penalty for apostasism is the death penalty. Unbelievable. Uh, And speaking of the Clinton News Network, Jeff Zucker sucking up big time, begging. Um, Anyway, the latest Gallup poll, the American people actually agree with this, that Americans trust. And confidence in the mass media to report the news fully, accurately, and fairly has now dropped to its lowest level in Gallup polling history. Well, when I said in 2007 and 8, as I was doing CNN's job and every other media outlet's job and actually vetting the radicalism of Obama, they were ignoring it and championing him. Well, anyway, that doesn't surprise me because I declared journalism dead in 2007 and eight and it's buried today can it be any more obvious than the treatment of donald trump versus hillary clinton i don't think so by the way abc news in new york got it so wrong i mean i can't even believe i'm reporting this good evening said wabc weekend anchor joe torres we begin with hillary clinton's death ouch apparently he didn't correct himself and continue to broadcast on a report of Clinton's health troubles. Ouch. Maybe you ought to pay a little bit of attention to the words that somebody else has thrown in that teleprompter for you next time. Just, just pay a little attention to what's coming out of your mouth. I don't. You know what my biggest problem with the teleprompter is? I don't read the stupid thing. I ad-lib all around it constantly. Drives my teleprompter, guy that moves the teleprompter, nuts. Because he's like, where is he now? I have no idea. What's he saying now? Where do I stop? When do I start again? Yeah, I know. It sounds a lot like me. It it definitely does. I know. I agree. Uh, Trump has expanded his lead in Iowa, Monmouth University poll. Anyway, matched against Clinton and and the other candidates. Anyway, approximately 37% said they'd vote for Clinton, down from 42%. And uh, let's see. What else do we got here? And uh, what's his... uh, open an eight-point lead for Trump, 45%. Wow, to 37%. That's pretty big. Even the New York Times, liberals that they are, why did I spend an hour on the phone with Jim Rutenberg? He doesn't print anything I say. He already had his story written, and he just wants to say, oh, I talked to Sean Hannity. Like, Well, if you don't want to quote Sean Hannity, why are you wasting Sean Hannity's time? Anyway, New York Times poll has Hillary and Trump tied. We had the poll yesterday, Trump up by five in Ohio. Now the, that was the Bloomberg poll. We now have a Suffolk University poll, Trump up by threes, continuing to solidify that lead. I think the biggest poll for Trump today is the L.A. Times tracking poll, which has Trump up by six. And uh, as I pointed out, he's now winning in Nevada. He's now increased his lead in Iowa, and he has a slight lead in Colorado, according to the latest poll numbers. Uh, do I think it means he's going to win? No, I think it's a good sign. It's not a bad sign. What does Trump need to do now with 54 days to go? That's the real question. What has brought him to this point? Uh, Dr. Milton Wolf, Hillary's doctor claim Hillary got a perfect score on a test that does not exist. I didn't catch that. Who's 2014 Senate candidate, Dr. Milton Wolf. Where is he running for the Senate? I don't even know this guy. Board certified diagnostic radiologist and is president obama's second cousin once removed anyway he pointed out that there's no need for wild speculation or sensationalizing this hillary's health problems are knowable and highly significant this is in my wheelhouse hillary's doctor claimed that she had a perfect score on a test that doesn't exist anyway what's the test a non-contrast chest ct scan including a cta calcium score was performed well he's saying that 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 a cta is a ct in other words a cat scan angiogram it always requires a contrast always it cannot be included in a non-contrast ct scan whoops little mistake you know you can get a doctor for anything you can go doctor shopping Are you confirm with dr josh he says the same thing well more evidence that sean hannity wishes hillary dead along with rush limbaugh according to cnn reporting great reporting over there at cnn when i said just the opposite the last two days i knew gingrich on yesterday what did i say i people won't believe us but we really do wish her well and it's true why would i wish anybody sick that would make me a pretty evil person i'll save that for people that make false accusations against me that's pretty sick that's pretty dark that's pretty evil isn't that one of the 10 big ones i remember reading a really important book once in my life thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor Me wishing Hillary dead has never come out of my mouth. It's not in my heart, and it's not in my soul. Oh, well, nice try, though. You got to give the media credit. What is Trump doing, though, that's working? Number one, he's taking risks. He's being bold. He's got a dynamic, energetic schedule. He's staying on message. No more fights with a judge or a gold star father. He's sticking on message very, very detailed policy speeches that he's given on teleprompter. He's but you know the chances he took Louisiana was a and and going to Mexico that could have backfired on him but it didn't and while everybody else is afraid to take any chance he's going into more black churches he was in a black church yesterday in Flint he's been in one in Wisconsin he's been in one in Detroit he's saying I want your vote and Obama and Hillary's policies won't work for you and this is why and this is what I'm going to do Anyway, he's more policy speeches that also prepares him for the debates. And if he can keep his cool and listen to what I'm saying, and I'm saying on radio and on TV, not to him, that he needs to build an impenetrable shield. Hillary can't run on a record. She can't run on Obama's economy. She can't run on foreign policy, Libya, Benghazi. She can't run on honesty and trustworthiness because she doesn't have any. So the only thing she's got left is trying to piss off Trump. And try and aggravate, agitate, irritate, upset and hurt his feelings. And annoy him. And make him bubble and fizz like Alka-Seltzer in water. And if he doesn't fall into that trap, he wins those debates. Because he has the substance. He does more interviews. He talks about this stuff every day. And frankly, he's more energetic in his delivery. And you know, I looked at his policy speech today. We'll go over it with Cudlow with at the top of the hour. Larry Kudlow is a brilliant guy. I gave you the negative statistics. I'll go over them in the next hour. Talked about more than 80,000 people in Flint were working for GM in the 70s. Now there's 8,000. Ford is going down to Mexico with $1.6 billion. Every small car they're going to build down there. And the Obama economy, which Hillary wants to duplicate, didn't get us anywhere, did it? As I keep giving you those statistics. He's looking for 4% economic growth. He thinks we can reach that. I think that's doable. I think energy and, and multinational corporations, repatriated money, gets us there in and of itself. Cutting taxes certainly helps a lot. He's got three brackets. We currently have seven, 12, 25, and 33. Low-income Americans will pay no income taxes at all. Well, right now, about half of Americans don't pay federal income taxes. Over the last seven years, we've barely grown at 2%. First president never to reach 3% GDP in a year. But if you make $50,000 a year with two kids, $8,000 in child care expenses, well, you're going to save 35%. If you married couple making seventy five grand a year, struggling like everybody else, you saw a $4,100 increase in your health care in the last eight years, well, you're going to get 10000 in child care expenses and a 30% reduction in your tax bill. That's real money for real people. And the most important thing he's going to do is what, what is Ireland's corporate tax rate, like 12.5%. Europe hates Ireland because all these companies bring their wealth to Ireland. And Trump's saying, bring it back here. Build your manufacturing centers, your factories here. He wants to bring trillions of dollars that big, big business has parked overseas, tax it at just 10%, incentivize these companies to bring back the $3 trillion, maybe $5 trillion. It tax it at 10% instead of 35%. Number one, we get that tax money. And then they're going to be incentivized to create jobs in all over the place. Oh, by the way, the Ford Foundation will fund Black Lives Matter with, I guess, the profits they're making from their new plants down in Mexico. Anyway, you add up the 2015 alone, federal agencies issued over 3,300 financial rules and regulations up from 2,400 the prior year. Trump pointed out in his speech, every year over-regulation costs our economy $2 trillion, reduces household wealth by 15 grand. $15,000. This is real money. Heritage Foundation pointed out by 2030, Obama's energy restrictions will eliminate another half a million manufacturing jobs. Why? Because energy is the lifeblood of our economy. Unbelievable. All right, we'll get to Larry Kudlow when we get back. We also have Patrick J. Buchanan. He's got to be in the same basket as me and Rush, right? Or is it just me and Rush? What is, how do I get an apology from CNN? Should I, I would love to sue them for slander. When they say, oh, he wants Hillary on her deathbed and dead. When I said just the opposite. I mean, I know it's hard to sue as a public figure. Pretty much people can call you anything. And I've been called pretty much everything. But I'm thinking of suing them. Maybe I'll get David Boys,
2: my buddy, to do it.
1: They don't have any money, so good luck with that.
0: Ford has announced just
3: yesterday that they're moving their small car production facilities to Mexico. And I've been talking about this a long while, and I think that's maybe one of the reasons that we're doing so well in Ohio and Michigan and lots of other places where cars and parts are involved. But to think that Ford is moving its small car division is a disgrace. It's disgraceful. It's disgraceful that our politicians allow them to get away with it. it really is. It used to be cars were made in Flint. And you couldn't drink the water in Mexico. Now, cars are made in Mexico, and
0: you can't drink the water in Flint. Well, that pretty much says it all. Hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Write down our toll free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program? It's 800 941. Sean, if you would like to uh, join us. So, Donald Trump. Keeps going around the country and doing some pretty bold things. Donald Trump keeps talking about the economy and immigration and refugees and ISIS. And he's given one bold policy speech after another. And pretty much all we hear out of the Clintons is Republicans are deplorable, that they're racist, sexist, homophobic, Islamophobic, xenophobic. I don't hear any solution for any of the major problems we're facing today out of Hillary Clinton, except, oh, the Obama economy is doing great. We did so good in Libya and Iraq Afghanistan with Mohammed Morsi, we did so well with Iran and that Iranian deal, which he has been praising up and down one side and out the other. I give out, this for me is the heart and soul of the economic argument for this election, and I keep saying it every day, and it's not to hear myself think. It's to make you aware of how bad redistribution, statism, socialism is for our economy, and how deeply we are being hurt by this unnecessarily. Now, it's not going to hurt the Clintons. They're just going to give their two hundred and fifty to $500,000 an hour speech. It's not going to hurt Obama when he writes a book for $25 million, and they'll all have their own security as well. It's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt your kids. It's going to hurt your grandkids. The statistics are as follow. As follows, it should alarm you because this is the last eight years in America. The lowest labor participation rate now since the 1970s. The worst recovery since the 1940s. The lowest home ownership rate in 51 years. 12 million more Americans are on food stamps since Obama's been uh, president. 8 million more Americans are in poverty. One in five American families don't have one single family member that has a job. Imagine that. 20 percent of american families not one individual in that household works you want to look at young kids young men in particular 18 to 34 one in six are either in jail or living in mommy and daddy's basement that's how bad it is add to that one other little statistic this president will have accumulated more debt than every other president before him all 43 presidents before him combined And that money is going to be pushed onto your kids and your grandkids. Anyway, here to talk about the economy. Trump's speech today, which I thought was phenomenal. Larry Kudlow is a CNBC host, former Reagan administration economist. He's written a great book. I haven't put it down since I got it. JFK and the Reagan Revolution, A Secret History of American Prosperity. How are you? I'm great, Sean. Thanks for having me. We've been friends a long time. Uh, A lot of people don't know this history in terms of JFK and taxes. What was the top? the top rate was 92 91 91%, 91%. percent okay. and reagan the top it was in 70, 70 okay and reagan throughout his presidency dropped the top rate to 28 percent. that's right and and kennedy dropped it
4: to a similar range as well yeah no Tammy never got down there no. the biggest deal he was kennedy was first tax cutter and the first supply sider since the 1920s a democrat. since the, a democrat good and since the 20s and what he did was really radical and it was helped the economy you know, after he was uh, tragically assassinated, economic growth was about 5% a year for the next uh, six or seven years. And then when Reagan did it, and Reagan really admitted he borrowed it from JFK, another 30% tax cut. So the economy grew in America by 4 to 5% for about 20 years. So one thing's for sure, tax cuts work. Marginal tax rate cuts work, and incentives matter. So those statistics, is there anyone you follow the economy more closely than I do? Anything I got wrong there? No. Is there anything worse that you want to add to it? We've never had a dry spell of lack of growth like this, probably since the 1930s.
0: Think about this. He's the only president in American history, Obama, that will not have reached in any year of his presidency
4: three percent right. GDP. I mean he's grown now uh, I guess 2.1 percent is the average growth rate for Obama's uh, so-called recovery. I think it's actually going to be less than that by the time he leaves office. Well in the last four quarters alone it's dipped to 1.2 percent. Today I just saw uh, I was you know on the dais with the speech uh, industrial production fell retail sales fell i think we're in a business recession sean i've been saying that for a while profits down investment down productivity down and so forth and the issue is is it going to spread to a full-scale recession it could it could well but in any event we've never had this long a period of time of virtually no growth you well trump said today and by the way this is very attainable as you pointed out, Reagan even
0: hit quarters of, what, 7%, 8% growth. Yep. Um, but his, he wants to establish a
4: national goal of 4% economic growth. Yeah, Very doable. He said most of his advisors, most of his team said no. I said yes. Yeah. My pal uh, Steve Moore said we've been arguing this 4 to 5% growth because, listen, Trump's total tax cut plan and most especially his business tax cuts for large and small companies— Probably the largest tax cut combined in American history. We're talking about, like, for example, corporate taxes, where in terms of the industrialized world, we're one of
0: the highest tax nations out there, correct? Yep. So multinational corporations, they bring their business
4: elsewhere where yep.
0: there's a, a more favorable economic environment. And that means they're building their factories and manufacturing
4: centers there, correct? That's it. So they often move their headquarters there.
0: And by the way, just
4: allowing these multinational corporations to bring their money back. So get this. You're absolutely right. Just on that point, there's probably two and a half to $3 trillion of cash. Trillion, not billion. Trillion. trillion. Sitting overseas because they don't want to double tax it at such a high rate in America. So Trump says, you know what? We'll bring it back at a 10% rate. His new corporate rate is going to be 15. He'll give you an even bigger discount at bring 10. Bring it back. And invest here. And build your Invest manu- here. How about in Flint, Michigan or Detroit
0: or Ohio? Or Wisconsin or Pennsylvania, these people are dying to get back to
4: work. This whole country, really, this whole country can be rebuilt on the backs of this kind of tax cut. And there's a lot of naysayers out there, but you know, one of the things in my book, Sean, JFK did it, worked. Reagan did it. Reagan did it, worked. So two points. Number one, don't blame me, don't blame Art Laffer. Uh don't blame jack kemp blame jfk who was a democrat but who was right on, let he ask. was right it worked
0: but here's my quote what do you say to all of these never trumper people because you've gotten the same crap as i've gotten except i'm taking them head on i don't know if you've noticed <laughs> uh you know I, I I basically pick a fight a day you're tougher than i am <laughs> no i just don't take their, their bs because if you look at his supreme court choices this economic plan we're going to reduce uh what the tax code is from seven brackets to three brackets you know You know, uh, no American, more than half of America won't pay any income tax at all, like we have now. So you can't argue this is...
4: Very very good, by the way. Very good child care program. Which Republicans don't usually do.
0: Well, I thought it was pretty interesting because we've always supported here on this program. I think you have two health care savings accounts. Yeah. Oh, yes. These Absolutely. are child care savings That's right. accounts. That's right. On the end, I think we'll actually save money if I if my math is right. Um, but he talks about a married couple earning 50 grand a year, two kids, $8,000 in child care spe- expenses, so we'll save 35% of the current bill. Family, 75 grand a year, two kids, 10000 in child care. They'll get a 30% reduction you can't argue this is tax cuts for the
4: wealthy that's right this is tax cuts for job creation and don't forget speaking of tax cuts for the wealthy he's going to 15 percent for small business LLCs, sole proprietorships s corps that's the small business component we've never done that before so if hillary runs around saying tax cuts for the rich tax cuts for the rich corporations tax stock transactions, tax capital gains. I think she's slitting her throat on this because Trump is outfoxed her. You want to raise wages? Okay, you want to wage middle-income wage earners. Give them more after-tax income slash business taxes. Okay. They are the biggest he's beneficiary offering, of that.
0: He he's, wants to reduce the business tax rate to fifteen percent, down from what thirty-five percent. Really forty. W- uh, really forty. You're right. Actually forty percent more, uh, uh, which is massive. What would that mean, and where would that place us in terms of the industrialized world, in terms of corporate rates?
4: Very near the bottom. Which in other is words, where you want to be. We
0: want to incentivize corporations to do
4: wor- their business here. Ireland's at twelve and half god bless them they're absolutely right by the eu's eu bureaucrats started picking on ireland ireland said no way we're keeping our low rate trump's basically in that camp trump was for brexit because he thought the brits could have lower taxes if they pulled out of the eu he was absolutely right right. about that i made the same argument so this is really going to benefit the wage earners that's the point i'm trying to make The, the rich already have money that's not the issue Why penalize success for anybody? But he is directly attacking the argument. He is helping small business men and women by getting that rate down to 15%.
0: You know, one of the things that I would love to see happen in this country is I'd like to see Americans get back to work. And I think we can be a great country again. Do you know that Obama took in $20 trillion so far as president and he spent 30 (laughs) I mean, it's unbelievable. How can you spend in eight years 30 trillion dollars. Think of Reagan. When Reagan took office, remember, the the revenues to the government then went from 500 billion a year to over a trillion in large part because Cutting the tax rates spurred massive economic growth in the four or five percent range a year, and that resulted in a lot more money for the government. You know, imagine if we were able to have that type of economic growth now, what it would mean for government revenues.
4: But you know what? They'll come flowing in. That's what I'm saying. They'll come flowing in. By the way, in December 1962, that's what Jack Kennedy said to the New York Economic Club, where Trump was today. Yeah. Right. Kennedy said exactly that. So the other part that's important, though. If you're growing the economy and creating jobs, the demand or the need for government assistance goes way down. You won't have all these people Saving on food all that money. stamps, on unemployment compensation. You know how many Americans we have on food
0: stamps now? 46 million. Yeah, all right, so you know how many people, people we have
4: in poverty? 50 million. So, that, you know, you're not going to defeat poverty by taxing companies. You're going to defeat poverty by growing the economy creating wealth how
0: big a component i you know hillary says she wants to put coal miners out of work mm. coal companies out of business how big a component
4: is drilling fracking um and all the other She wants to put drilling. She wants to put natural gas out of business. She wants to put all fossil fuels out of business. She wants to stop fracking. She's basically said to uh, uh, these audiences that by the time we get through with federal, state, and local regulations, they won't be able to frack. Now, that would damage, Sean, America's number one manufacturing industry and probably the only real growth component of our economy in the last 10 years, and she would wipe it out. Now, that is insanity. That's a definition of insanity. It's
0: great for national security. Because then all these countries, well, that donate so much money to her, they won't ha- that hate her guts. Those people will be out of business. Will be energy independent. It's the lifeblood of our economy and every economy. We probably can help out uh, Western Europe as well. You really damage Russia. Well, you damage really, Russia because really damage Iran. If if Vladimir Putin. Turns off the spigot, they're in trouble in in Western Europe. We could be a, a backup source for them. We have more natural gas than, build, than build, any other
4: country on Earth. Build better and more pipelines, liquid natural gas terminals, have easier export regulations, and we can make Europe self-dependent and get out from under the Russian Seems boot.
0: Seems so simple, doesn't uh, it?
4: Obama just stopped again a small pipeline effort in North North Dakota. He just stopped it. Just the way he stopped Do You the agree Keystone with me pipeline. that the
0: Saudis purposefully manipulated the price of oil along with OPEC in an effort to drive North Dakota out of business and American energy out of business and fracking out of business? Not not so
4: much. I do. Not so much. I think they hate our guts. I appreciate the politics of what you're saying and agree with them, but you know, the fracking story absolutely defeated the Saudi monopoly and the OPEC monopoly, which, if it weren't over, it's over now. So, the Saudis are really following the market, and the market was overloaded with, with oil. But, remember, Remember, these frackers can come back online on a dime in 20 minutes 20 minutes i and, agree and that's what's and they will happen and uh, of course they will yeah. you talk to harold ham and people like that so if they see a pickup oh, and he's demand, a great guy isn't he he's a great american yeah, he's Absolutely. a great american he's, he's a friend of mine i was one of the first guys to have him on tv and let's well, tell I a I story run. but i love
0: uh i love the book jfk reagan revolution a secret history of american prosperity the trump economic plan today in a speech i thought was amazing spot on this would be and for every never Trumper, read it learn something Thank and you. if you don't oppose that if you don't support that then that means you didn't support reagan Listen, with the exception of maybe have a trade disagreement. Maybe. Tr-
4: yeah, me too. Trump is in the JFK Reagan Agreed, tradition. Agreed. I agree. That's key. All
0: right, Larry Kudlow. Always Thank good to still. see you, my friend. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate uh, are you it. You
4: still much. on the ex-wife? Do you still do your
0: radio show over there?
4: Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, we're booming. Yeah. Thankfully, it's my ex-wife. <laughs> I used to be married to them. You were one of the first people to congratulate me <laughs> well, when I went national. A bunch Because I was years happy ago. for you. I yeah, mean, I know that's why you're so. You're, good. Your, you're your success guy. Is,
0: you know, a rising tide lifts all boats, Larry. I'm, I'm not there a zero sum game guy. Use some economic analogies here.
4: To your credit you've been right, so buddy. great to me and by the way is it rush limbaugh's wedding when we were talking yeah about it was that. fun I mean, you know
0: and by the way tell those dopes over at cnbc that you can do my tv show it's good for them i'll write an email please <laughs> tell them i said it i'm inviting you nicely all right tracy is next she's in Katy, texas tracy hi how are you we have 54 days till good election shot. day glad you could be on board
5: hey uh, i'm doing pretty good man um listen i, I- i'm shocked that at uh, donald trump moving the way he is but i'm kind of wondering when are we going to get more information on him i mean i know there's been the drilling down hillary had to go through seven hearings and medical records but i'm wondering when are we going to hear about donald trump's and his taxes uh, my question is to you do you feel the republican party you know, you is know what i hear in your voice
0: i hear in your voice desperation you know what i hear in your voice the realization no. has now hit you that trump could be the next president and now, oh, wait, we got to vet him. Uh, he's been vetted. And he's no, been vetted. No, he's and been vetted. he's been vetted. Not, which, 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 which. And it's just you don't like that in spite of all the media hype and support and all the negativity that's been thrown at Trump, that Donald Trump has evolved into the candidate. I always thought he had the potential to be. And we saw that in Baton Rouge. And we've seen that in churches in Wisconsin and one after another in Detroit and elsewhere, and, um, you know, it, it just irritates you. You
5: know what, there is fear. You know what, I'm going to make sure there is fear, but it's not for Hillary, it's for our nation. I've lived through the Bush and Cheney where they started wars and profited. This guy has ties to Russia. You guys are Republican, you don't care? This guy might have business dealings with criminals, which they've said. This guy has been the Pam Bondi situation. The fake university. Uh-huh. I, mean, you're, you mean, I mean, you mean you're
0: like not- Laureate College where the Clintons, Bill Clinton got $18 million. You're talking no, about I'm that, speaking right? speaking about Trump. You know, I Tracy, understand. Tracy, listen, that. I love you, like, Tracy. Wait, wait, but hold You're, on, you're, you're this, desperate. You're, you're throwing whatever you can up against the wall and hoping something sticks. But here's the problem. You're not addressing the major issues of the day and how America's on the wrong track. Because none of the insignificant things that you're saying are going to impact this election. People vote their pocketbook books. People vote security. And peace and prosperity are the two things that drive elections. And when you look at every economic indicator that I mention every day, and you look at the world and a presidential candidate that can't say radical Islam, that wants more refugees and can't build a border wall, you're losing the debate. And, you know, for you to say, well, the university, it, it's meaningless to most people at this point. You're not going to win on that. Hillary can't run on Obama's economic agenda, and she can't run on her foreign policy failures.
5: Wait, Sean, didn't the, didn't the economy just show a 5.2% increase in, in uh, nope. take-home pay for people? Nope. Well, then what was that number, Five point.
0: See, um, The American a, people, me, median income median income is down since Obama's been office in real dollars. People most disproportionately impacted are black Americans, Hispanic Americans. Every poll now shows Donald Trump is winning them over, person by person, because they realize that hope and change and shovel-ready jobs weren't so shovel-ready. And I think you're missing the big picture. What you're trying to do here is, I get it, I understand it, I've been there myself. It's desperation. If, as I said at the beginning of this program, if Donald Trump keeps doing the things he's doing, I think he'll be the next president. I can't guarantee it because I can't control Donald Trump. But if he keeps doing what he's doing, he wins. Substantive speeches, you know, bold solutions to America's problems, a change that will impact this country for generations. That's what I think people want. They want solutions. Anyway, Uh, 800-941-Sean, toll-free telephone number. Gerald is in North Carolina in Raleigh next on the Sean Hannity Show. How are you? Hey, Sean. How are you doing? I'm good. What's going on? Well,
6: in interest of full disclosure, I did vote for... Cruz in the primary, and I, I'm on the fence of whether I'm going to vote for Trump. But the argument, you know, I hear my Republican friends are going to vote for him, and I heard you say yesterday, is the Supreme Court. And I look, and I think the greatest conservative president we've had in my lifetime was Reagan, and he gave us Kennedy, who just was the deciding vote in overturning the Texas abortion law. And then 43 gave us Roberts, who's upheld Obamacare twice. So I just, you know, on the off chance that Trump may. Um, actually appoint a conservative justice and that that conservative justice will you know rule the way we would want him to as conservatives it's not a big enough uh argument for here's here's something
0: that you can do that will help you i think you ready for my answer to you yeah all right number one you know the type of justice hillary's going to appoint you don't have any doubt about that right
6: I, I don't, but I, I don't know that I can trust Trump. I mean, how do we right. know he's not? Well, you're right. You know, sister? other
0: Republicans have made mistakes. John Roberts probably the biggest one, in my view. Um, so
6: Forty-one also goes David Souter.
0: Who, all true. You know, oh yeah, I agree with that. And that that was a mistake too. Here's my advice to you: Trump released the names. What was it? Eleven people. Eleven names. I've gone. I went at the time, and I talked to other people, and groups like the Heritage Foundation, the Federalist Society, groups I respect a lot actually gave their thumbs up on all of those nominees. They didn't put their thumbs down on any of them. So just the fact that you have, number one, his stated goal of an originalist, somebody that respects the Constitution as our rule of law, that wouldn't legislate from the bench, wouldn't cite foreign law or foreign constitutions in in justifying decisions, somebody that believes that it's not their job to legislate, believes in separation of powers and co-equal branches of government, his judicial philosophy is right. The people that he's, whose names he vetted and laid out, are good. So your odds are infinitely higher with him. So I would suggest you you spend a little time, go to the Federalist Society, go to the Heritage Foundation, see what they uh, have written up on these people. I can do it myself. I just I, I did it at the time and discussed no, it at I, the time. I've
6: done that, Sean. And you know, it's just you know, if, if we got Martin Reagan, I, I don't know how
0: we. Listen, I can't. If you're asking me to give you a one thousand percent guarantee on anything i can't well i know i'm not i'm I'm supporting somebody that is making promises and that's why i said to all the never trump people you own hillary because you're enabling and supporting her and sabotaging trump and i said hold me accountable i'm a person that believes in accountability hold me accountable if trump doesn't do the things he's told me over and over again he would do you don't blame me for believing him that's fine
6: don't you think though with the legislation he was proposing yesterday with child care, that, that's sort of a red flag for me. I mean, that's social engineering at its worst. We're going to reward I, I, a group of
0: people. What, what if we have conservatives? Punish
6: Another group of people for, the, for behavior. That, that's just a red flag for me. I mean, that, if well, now you're moving that, the ball. Now, you, you, now you're
0: now you saying to me that the Supreme Court would do it for you. If you go to his 11 justices or judges he would consider nominating, you got Diane Sykes, William Pryor, who I do know, Joan Larson... And, and Mike Lee's brother, for example, and a bunch of other people. I, I suggest you look it up. Now, you know, as a conservative, I've always supported a, a book called Patient Power. It was put out by the Cato Institute many years ago, and it talks about healthcare savings accounts. And, um, Child care savings accounts see you know, as he described it, and I'm still digging into it, seems like a pretty conservative libertarian idea to me. And one with limited government, less resources invest- invested in a way, you know, getting rid of top down government control of these issues and letting parents decide, you know, with some subsidies for people that can't afford it. But we're ending up paying for it anyway. Just like we pay for Obama phones and everything else. Look, I gave you my advice. I'm not gonna spend my time telling people who to vote for. You decide, Gerald, you know. No, I <laughs> Here's the final thing I'll say to you. The final thing I have to say is you know everything she's going to do. You know she's got an Obama economy coming your way. You know she's got Obamacare becoming and remaining the law of the land. You know that she's got a 550% increase in refugees. You know that she'll never build a wall and secure our borders. You know that she wants coal miners out of work, coal companies out of business. You know that she's a top-down, NEA co-opted, common core liberal. So make your choice. And I'm making my choice with Trump. With any candidate, you take a risk that they might do something that you don't like or you disagree with. Or say something you don't like or disagree with. I don't agree with every single thing that Donald Trump is saying. Probably my biggest disagreement is if he were to get into a trade war. And my hope is is this is a negotiating posture to get better trade deals, not to start protectionism which I think would be bad for the economy. So, you know, just, you got choices to make here. This is your choice. I think i are going to make a, write a column and put it up on Hannity.com, a time for choosing. Just lay it out. This is it. This is what your choices are here. If you work for NRO, if you're a Mitt Romney, former supporter or worker, or if you're Mitt Romney himself, if you're George Will, if you're any of these, Bill Crystal, any of these people, this is what you're deciding. This is what your choices are. The American people decided. Personally, I am confident that Donald Trump will get a lot of things done. And I love that he's going to shake up Washington. Is he going to be a perfect president? No. There's no perfect people on this earth. But do I think he's serious about the wall? Serious about judges? I think he's serious about extreme vetting? Serious about energy? Serious about getting rid of Obamacare? Serious about education back to the states? If he just did those things, this country is infinitely better off than continuing the damage of Obama and Hillary. Do I think he's serious about identifying and defeating ISIS without getting entangled in foreign conflicts and then pulling out and politicizing them yeah i do and i support it so it's a choice make your choice here um let's get back to our busy phones uh and say hi to gino who is in the all important swing state of pennsylvania how are you gino i'm
7: good sir how are you i'm good brother what's going on well i just you know i listen to your show pretty much all day when i'm in the car driving and i'm a millennial and i am a late bloomer and i'm an economics major in college so my deciding factor is who has the best economic plan and you know i've met Trump before when I was a kid, and I think oh, he's oh, going to do Doc- great things.
0: But- Doctor Trump
7: or Donald oh, Trump? That-
0: Did you say Doctor Trump? Donald Tr- Trump. Okay. Yeah. No, Donald. Yeah. Donald. My
1: bad. <laughs> um, no so worries.
7: I have looked at his tax plan, and you know the kids today, my age, they I'm twenty, I'm twenty six. So you know they want fifteen dollars an hour minimum wage, but they also want free college. The country can't handle that. The, the economy of this country cannot handle
0: that. We can't listen. We, we if we don't grow the economy, look. I thought his speech today was fairly amazing because it outlined everything economically that I think the country needs to do and laid out all the problems that I've been pointing to. And I think it's, you know, a distinct difference. If we don't get this economy rolling in a major way soon, you know, we get to the point of no return. You get to the point where unfunded liabilities and and Social Security, you know, it's inevitable bankruptcy along with Medicare and literally passing on so much debt to our kids that it'll suffocate them. You know, we're, we're, we're very close to that point. There is a way out. You know, I think energy is a big part of the answer. I think the repatriated money of multinational corporations is a big part of it. I think incentivizing corporations to stay, it's obnoxious that Ford is building all their plan They're going to spend $1.6 billion in Mexico to build their cars and bring them back here. Well, I'm not buying a Ford. Right. I, want to, I, I prefer to keep to Americans <laughs> in Flint, Michigan, and Detroit, and, and Ohio working. And you know what? Ford, if they really cared, they could do it and work with the government, maybe a new government, and get some incentives to do it. Well, that's what I looked at Trump's tax. Tax plan and I said, well, if they lowered the business tax, the big business tax rate to sixteen
7: percent, like he wants to do, sixteen or fifteen percent, small business tax down to ten percent, you have room to negotiate at a minimum wage raise. That's what I'm getting upset about is when I hear all these people saying you can't raise the minimum wage. You can raise it if you lower the business tax.
0: Well, if and Trump and Trump will do that, as country he outlined in country his country. speech. I'm not going to repeat everything here, but look, exactly. I I worry about your generation. I really do. I mean, it's sad that you know. One in six men, 18 to 34, prime working age now or living in mommy's basement or they're incarcerated it sucks and you know what that's no way to live life that's not pursuing the american dream and opportunities are fewer and far between you know i keep telling my staff every once in a while when somebody on my radio or tv staff is whining i'm saying you know what you're kind of lucky you have a job compared to other people in our industry it's been extremely extremely difficult with the you know all the new technologies that are competing for people's attention you know for younger kids they're either listening to their ipads or their iphones or they're texting or they're doing this or doing that you know you have a lot more options when i was a kid it was an am radio inside my father's you know chevrolet that was about it and maybe if we could talk him into it put the top down which was rare he never liked the top down i'm like what'd you get a convertible for we never use it anyway so you get my point
7: i do and i i mean i still live at home and i'm i work i'm my my mom's Listen, listen the, that, be, uh,
0: there's nothing wrong homeless. with. Yeah, but you know what? But there's nothing wrong with that because I bet you're saving your money. At least I hope I you are. I do, yes, sir. <laughs> you know, if you're not saving your money, yes, you're being, look, you can ask my staff here. Uh, what do I tell Linda? Everybody on the crew, you gotta prepare for the future. You gotta prepare for the inevitable day when Grandpa over here hangs it up. And by the way, not anytime soon. I'm under contract for many years to come, but you know what I'm saying? And I I don't want these kids that work for me and their kids in my mind getting caught, getting stuck and not having anything to fall back on. It's important that, you know, Ethan, he has another job. He goes out and he does real estate appraisal. Makes a lot of money doing that. Linda's got a restaurant on the side and whatever else crazy stuff she's doing. Lauren works her butt off every day and Jason takes care of his entire family so it's a big you know we, we've got a lot of people responsible that you know are connected to the show we
2: are living in a volatile political environment you know to just be grossly generalistic you could put half of trump supporters into what i call the basket of deplorables <laughs>
7: <laughs> racist sexist homophobic xenophobic
2: Islamophobic, you name it. And unfortunately, there are people like that. And he has lifted them up. He has given voice to their websites that used to only have 11,000 people, now have 11 million. He tweets and retweets their offensive, hateful, mean spirited rhetoric. Now, some of those folks.
1: They are irredeemable, but thankfully they are not American. Hey guys. Hi guys!
2: Hi. Hi. So,
7: welcome how, back to Stronger Together. How are you doing? How are you feeling? I am doing? Doing, I'm doing great. Thank you so much. And um, I think uh, Jen and Nick have uh, suggested we do an actual uh, avail on the next lake, if that's okay. So we'll get to North Carolina, we'll do the speech, and then we'll get back on, and
2: you know then we can uh, Answer questions and uh, go from there. they want to
1: do? I, do um. I'll talk about that later, too. I'll but talk about that later. One, 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 that, that'll be, <laughs> but that'll be tonight after the newscast. It's done. Give I a am hug. so sad. Yeah. I know, I really am. It's really a <laughs> <awesome>. loss. <laughs> Madam Secretary, however, is coming back. So that's something to look okay. forward is that odd to watch that? It's a little no, bad. I actually get
0: a big kick out of it. <laughs> Alright, news roundup and information overload. Oh, isn't it great? I haven't fainted in at least 72 hours. Amazing. I'm at sea in the basket of deplorables. They're still out there and probably one of the og original gangster deplorables is uh patrick j buchanan one of the original insurgents himself 54 days to go mr buchanan and the polls show we've got a surging donald trump in a major way your thoughts i think we do i think
8: it's a uh the race is closer and closer to even. I've seen the Donald is ahead by several points here and there. But the key things, I think, Sean, uh, as we all recognize, he's moving slightly ahead in Ohio and Florida, which are crucial. And North Carolina and Pennsylvania, I think, could well decide it.
0: Well, let me give you more, because he's also up in Colorado. He's also up in Nevada. He's also up by eight in a poll that came out earlier today in Iowa, a very important state. Uh, North Carolina, he's up by three, and you know, again, there's now three polls that show him up in Ohio, and the L.A. Times poll nationally has him up by six. This is not a, a this is not a minor shift. It seems no, like not, late but, deciders are going for him.
8: Yeah, and I think it's interesting that he's uh, he's got some polls showing him up in Maine. That's part of the Democratic base. There are 18 states, Sean, and D.C. which have gone Democratic in the last six straight elections, and they constitute 242. Electoral votes. I think you throw in Florida or something and Hillary wins it all. I haven't seen Trump yet break any of the, those 18 states or DC. And I think, see, if you could take Pennsylvania out of her bag there, then she's got to start taking former red states. So I think this is going to come down basically to, to Pennsylvania and North Carolina if Trump can hold Iowa, Ohio and Florida.
0: Well, I agree, and by the way, not an easy task. I mean, the electoral college for a Republican is very difficult because you start out without California, Oregon, or Washington. You start out without New York and New Jersey, and without Illinois, and you've got yourself a hell of an uphill battle.
8: Sure, you start the of those eighteen states I mentioned. Four are in the seven mega states. That's New York, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and California. Those are four of the top seven states in terms of electoral votes, and normally they're all seated basically, to the Democrat, and Republicans fight for Ohio and Florida and only have locked up Texas.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, and well, and most of the South, but they just don't have the electoral college clout that uh, California does. I mean, it's such a big prize.
8: Well, you know, in the old days, in the Nixon days, is what we did was we brought across the entire Confederacy, all 11 states of the Confederacy, that had gone 11 to zero all six times for Woodrow Wilson and Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and we brought them across by still maintaining commitment to the Civil Rights Acts, all of which Nixon had supported.
0: Well, I mean, you go across the South. I think that holds. I think you're most Our problem of the s-
8: is Virginia, Sean.
0: Well, Virginia's a big problem, but you know, look at the last Senate race. I mean, Ed Gillespie was all but written off and the polls had him down by double digits. And what did he lose? By point what percent of the vote? I mean yeah. he one made of it the
8: problems here, let me tell you, is
0: Northern the Virginia
8: change that's taken place, especially up here in Northern Virginia.
0: Yeah, that's where that's Pat Buchanan territory. Why can't you why can't you control your peeps <laughs> I'm up there? Have to move further. <laughs> Well, I think well, North Carolina is further south. I'm going, we should, I'm going with the deplorables. Yeah, well, I think you were one of the original deplorables. What are you talking about? Your deplorable credentials are, are well-established, Pat. Well,
8: yeah, I've been called all of those names and many more.
0: <laughs> Over the years, we both have. Um, but look, I, uh, I I see a lot of good things that Trump's doing. Number one, he went to Louisiana. He went down to Mexico. He's given policy speech after policy speech after policy speech He's staying on message. He's, he's no longer distracted by, you know, yeah. these outside fights with Joe Scarborough or the media or, or a gold no, star you're father. Exactly
8: right. I, I admire what he's doing. And, A, just in terms of taking risk. It was a risky thing. You know, that president of Mexico, they could have gotten a real spat down there, and it could have come off very badly, but he handled it extremely well. But he's taking risks. And, secondly, let me tell you, Sean, I just read again that... Uh, The speech he gave today. It is an excellent combination of two great ideas. One is a traditional Republican cut taxes, unleash the real dynamism of the country, keep tax rates low, corporate tax rates low, make us more competitive than other countries. At the same time, he's starting to deal directly with these, you know, the the trade practices of these foreign regimes who tax American goods coming in and rebate the taxes on their goods going to America.
0: Look, I think the message was... Look, this is what frustrates me about some of these never-Trumper people. I mean, look at the agenda. We have a list of 11 justices he'd appoint to the Supreme Court. I agree with him. I think he is being prudent by listening to our top national security officials with extreme vetting of refugees. Hillary, you know, supports a 550% increase. I think conservatives have always believed that we should build a wall and secure our borders. He's talking about energy independence at the same time, simultaneously. Hillary's talking about putting coal companies out of business, coal well, workers out of work. On these
8: issues, we've got real clarity. What I mean, whatever you say, everybody knows they're arguing about what the wall means and these other things mean is no amnesty. We are going to secure the border. People who break laws are not going to benefit from breaking laws. We're going to do that. We're going to terminate these trade deals and negotiate new ones. We're going to stay out of any, a lot of these unnecessary wars we get into, we can't get out of, or can't win, or end. And so he's saying all of these things, and in here, I notice even, uh, uh, what he called it, he says the, the, the American system, He's talking about the American. You know, Sean, that harkens back to Henry Clay, these guys that built this country. The economic nationalists from Hamilton to Clay to Lincoln to TR and all the others. I mean, he's his writers, and he are getting versed in the real history of the country.
0: Do you think the Republican Party will ever be the same? Because
8: I think that, listen, you know... You know, I'm usually a pessimist, but I do believe this. If the establishment Republican will realize that, look, the old Bush Republicanism is dead. The free trade area is dead. Globalism and internationalism are temporarily dead. Bush 1, Bush 2 may have tried it. It didn't work. And there's a new era coming. But if the Republican establishment can just adopt a measure of economic patriotism, a la Trump, while Trump goes with the program for smaller government, cutting taxes, incentivizing Americans, in other words, a much more competitive world rather than the the New World Order stuff, I think you could put it together. I think it takes a real leader, a Reagan, frankly, or a Nixon, who put together that coalition of strange types back in 1972 to win 49 states for an
0: uncharismatic candidate. You know, it's all true, and what I think Republicans have lost touch with especially establishment Republicans, they're not understanding the severity of, of how bad the economy is with 95 million Americans out of work. They've they the,
8: got to have been hammered. You know, when 16 of them got wiped out, you know, and they look out there and they see people, they go out in Ohio and they start talking about how wonderful NAFTA is, and they boot off the stage, they've got to wake up and say, did it work, what we promised them?
0: <clears throat> did, even did the it Mexican president is willing it to, to renegotiate. It. I mean, it's not just our end. They're willing to renegotiate. I mean, that, that was one of the more shocking things that I think came out of that meeting in Mexico with the president, is that Donald Trump, as strong as he has been on Mexico, they still wanted to meet with him, and basically right there on the stage he capitulated and admitted, yeah, we can, we can redo this. Well,
8: they're going to have to redo it, because, you know, we got the whip hand, even with the Chinese. Look, the Chinese, what, they dump about $400, $500 billion worth of goods in here every year, and we buy about $100 billion from them. So you tell them, look, you got a a far larger share of our market than we got of your market, friends. And so we're going to renegotiate it. And if they say no, they'll say, okay, how would you like a 20% tariff when your good's coming into America?
0: Well, I mean, that's where I think the negotiating is. Now, look, I'm a free trader. You're a free trader, but you want free and fair trade.
8: Well, sure. The greatest free trade system on Earth is what? It's the United States of America. We have free trade among the states. There's free movement of goods, of, of individuals, of ideas, and we like that. But in that situation, you've got some states, New York, where you guys are up there. You know, they might tax you 8% on your income and 4% in New York City. And Texas says we're not going to do any of that. So folks move to Texas. So this is what the world system should be like. We have our free trade system, but at the same time America should look out for America first. We got the biggest best market in the world. We got something to offer the whole world that nobody else has, and you guys are going to pay the price of admission. But if you move your plant to the United States, you compete free against Americans in America.
0: How despicable is it to, you know, pick up the paper and see that Ford now is spending 1.6 trillion dollars, I'm sorry, billion dollars in Mexico. For all their small car production to start in 2018. Well, I know that there's plenty of jobs, uh, uh, people to work in Flint, Michigan, and Detroit, Michigan, and in Ohio, and in Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. They'd all like their jobs back.
8: Sure, let me tell you, though, here's what they get. And they go to Mexico, you pay them, what, eight, ten bucks an hour for Mexican hardworking folks like that. You could stop that in a second. You say, look, Ford, we can't tell you not to move down there. We can tell you this. Your Ford's your Ford coming out of there when they cross the border. We're putting a twenty percent tariff on them, and we're taking the money and we're cutting it on the on the auto production in the United States, reducing taxation on them. They would come right on back home. The yeah. inversions worldwide. I mean, if you take a look at Trump's coming to fifteen percent corporate tax, I think that's good. I would eliminate it on small businesses so you can create them in in the United States. Use your tariff revenue to cut taxes on corporations in the USA.
0: Listen, I think the saving American jobs is resonating. Look, the statistics, I give them out every day, Pat, you know what, because it's not because I want to hear myself think or talk. You have 95 million Americans out of the labor force, worse since the 70s. You got the lowest home ownership rate in 51 years, the worst recovery in since the 40s. You got 12 million more Americans on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty, and we've got a doubling of our national debt, a president that accumulated more debt than every other president before him combined. One in five American families don't have a single person in the workforce. Now, saying that you're going to bring jobs back to America is resonating. If the Republican Party doesn't understand that cheap labor for their rich corporate buddies isn't going to fly anymore, that's their problem.
8: No, it is is their problem, but... I mean, they also got to realize. Well, why are they, they so why are they so they anti-Trump? They recommended? Well, why are they so
0: anti-Trump? Why are these guys well, they're, sabotaging well, Trump? Trump,
8: I think, for obviously, look, personal reasons, he, he beat them to a pulp. I mean,
0: <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> Little Marco and Lion Ted, and you know the whole gang. Okay, but you know what? So what? That's politics. That's politics.
8: You know, it's, right, this is not beanball. See, you got guys like Paul Ryan. You know, who a principled guy, but they represent this free-trade ideology, and it is a religious belief with them. You can't even argue. Show them the evidence. I'm they... for
0: free trade. I'm just for fair trade.
8: Well, the point is, you can, look, when you say you cannot have open-border free trade between the United States, where you've got, say, people average, say, 20 25 an hour and guys average $5 an hour, because all your factories will go to Mexico. They're going to go there. They're going, Ford's going there not because they hate the United States, but because they can produce cars or assemble cars more cheaply there than they can here. And if you want to keep the highest wages in the world, which we want, then you've got to protect the American labor, and you've got to protect American factories, and you can do it by putting a surcharge on goods made with cheap labor and in rotten environments.
0: All right, Patrick J. Buchanan, thank you, sir. Okay, you take it easy, my By friend. By the way, you deplorable that you are. <laughs> All right.
8: We're going to need a bigger basket.
0: That's <laughs> a big basket of deplorables, no doubt. All right, as uh, promised, we're going to get to our telephones. All right, Levi is in Detroit, Michigan. Did you see that speech that Trump gave in that church in Detroit? I was thinking about you, Levi. I'm thinking, my buddy Levi, the Farrakhanite, he's coming to his senses. He's coming around. I'm betting you're going to vote Trump. I'm just guessing. I'm guessing. What's going on, my brother from another mother? My uh, brother from another mother. How are you, man?
9: Oh, uh, just finding you, sir. Finding you. Hopefully, all is well with you. Let me say this: that for one, uh, when I saw uh, Mister Trump uh, asked to to stick to the script and basically was, you know, in a sense, uh, outed from the church a little bit. I didn't agree with that because I'm a proponent of free speech. I am, you know, I'm probably the most pro-black person that anyone could ever meet.
0: I'm a community activist in Detroit by the way I'm a am, I'm a pro everybody person can I be a pro everybody person? I like I want everybody yeah. to do it I want Levi it Levi I want you to kick some serious ass in life make some money take care of your family, your friends be successful, be happy pursue your dreams Why would I if I have a soul why would I want anything less for anybody else?
9: Well, I agree with you, but I would liken it to a doctor. When a doctor walks through a hospital, that doctor is pro-human beings. He's pro hes for all humans. However, those who are laying in the bed sick are the ones that he devotes most of his time and attention to. And no one can deny the fact that African Americans in this country are indeed the most dysfunctionally dysfunctional socially, economically. Hey, listen, Levi,
0: uh, listen, under Obama, not under Bush... Black Americans, a fifty eight percent increase in black Americans on food stamps, a twenty percent increase, black Americans out of the labor force. You can't blame Republicans for that. Blame the guy you voted for twice. Not once, but twice. And I agree. And by with the that. way, and, and you got- can now you should say, Hannity, I know I was wrong, and you were right about Obama. You're right about statism. (laughs) You're right about Alinskyism. You're right about socialism. You're right about redistribution, and you're right about a Democratic Party that wants to keep Americans dependent on them. Go ahead. Say it. Say, Hannity, you were right. (laughs) Say it. I was wrong.
1: Obama sucks.
0: Obama's been horrible for the country, horrible for black America, horrible for Hispanic Americans, Horrible on the economy and horrible on foreign policy. Say it, Levi. Say, I made a mistake. Not. Kennedy, you warned me. I'm not quite there yet willing to
9: throw Obama completely under the bus. But let me say this. In my city, Detroit, where I was born and raised, I've had a change of heart to this extent. When I look at the city I was born and raised and I look at the economic and social disparities, and I listen to a Donald Trump and I listen to a Hillary Clinton and I look at the death and destruction that occurs not only in Detroit but across all most major cities in Detroit and the African American community primarily. Yes, I'm leaning more towards Trump. For the simple fact that I'm I've never subscribed to groupthink. I'm looking at this thing realistically, and I know for a fact that Obama could have been more hands on in addressing the crime. Levi, you're missing
0: different. you're missing the bigger picture. Let me help you. Obama, fundamentally, liberalism, redistribution, raising taxes, take from one group, distribute to another group, more regulation, more government intervention. Uh, It never works. It never has. It never will. And in a country this size with so many people out of work, the lowest home ownership rate in 51 years, the worst recovery since the 40s. Uh, millions and millions more in poverty and on food stamps, and one in five American families, nobody working. What else? And he's doubled the debt. What else do you need? Do I need to take a baseball bat, a verbal baseball bat to your head to wake you up? You've got to admit, wait a minute, Hannity predicted all of this, didn't he? Your buddy Sean Hannity, your brother from another mother, predicted all of this, didn't he? Well, I got to agree with that and that you did. Yes, you did I did. Most. And I, you know I, what? I, I actually wish I was wrong, but I've learned something over the years. And what I've learned is socialism, statism, big government is a failure and it's failed you again. How many times do we have to experiment with something that we know predictably can tell you is going to fail?
9: I agree with you to that extent. However, like I said, I as you know, I see things through the prism of race, and I see things through the prism of black and white in America. And I'm talking specifically about Obama letting the black community down. That's all I can speak on. Him letting the black community down. You know what? No, no, he let he
0: let Americans down. He let America down. And he was a rigid, (laughs) radical ideologue from the start. He was indoctrinated into redistribution through Frank Marshall Davis and an acorn organizer and Alinsky disciple and the church of GD America and black liberation theology. And then he hung out with radicals like Dorn and Ayers and he didn't accomplish a damn thing while he was uh, while he was a state senator or anything, at any other point in his career. And he wasn't qualified for the job and he never learned on the job.
9: Uh, well, you're seeing it from the eyes of a, a, a white man in America. No, uh, stop with that. the
0: white and black. This is a human thing. You know, the, the, no. the pe- it doesn't matter. The people that are out of work are humans, are fellow Americans. The people in poverty on food stamps—they're suffering because of bad Who? government policies. Wake up. Well,
9: when America catches a cold, Black America catches the flu. You know that. Who's, who's suffering more? All right, but who's t-
0: Listen, if you would have listened to me and taken a little orange juice and and <laughs> you would have inoculated yourself because I gave you the antidote before you made this dumb decision, and then I gave you a chance to correct it four years ago, and you still blew it. Well, I'm giving you, vote a, for Rom- you I'm
9: giving you a chance now. For, I wasn't going to vote for Romney. I, Romney. I wasn't going to vote for uh, McCain. But I will say in this election, I'm leaning more towards Trump based on the fact that I feel that Obama let us down. And that's all I can say in truth and honesty. I'm being ostracized by some people for saying that in the black community. But I got to keep it 100 percent real that when Trump says, what do we have to lose? When you look at the condition, nothing, of our, nothing, nothing, to lose. Nothing. That's, now, that's the truth.
0: All right. You that know You know truth. what I want? I want to revitalize Detroit, revitalize Flint, revitalize Mi- w- Wisconsin and Michigan. I want to revitalize Ohio in those areas where they're still suffering, in Pennsylvania. And you know what? We can do it, but, you know, this might be our last shot. I, I don't have a lot of comment. If we blow this election in 54 days, don't come crying here on this program. A.J. in Houston wants to talk to you quick, Levi. A.J., what's going on, baby?
3: Big time Sean Hannity. Hey, how you doing, Mr. Levi? Hi,
9: right, what's going on, my brother, A.J.? How are you, sir?
3: Oh, Mr. Levi. You know, I was with Sean Hannity when he was trying to warn you. You know, I've been in Detroit since 1967 when they burnt it up. And we tried to warn y'all two times about this guy. But see, this Levi, you don't understand. When you're the president, you're the president of everybody. Stop looking at color, man. I'm a black man. I've been on my job 31 years. And, hey, I've been doing fine. I don't look at color, Levi. Stop doing that or you're going to be hurt the rest of your life. You know, he failed everybody, the world, Detroit, Baltimore, all of them. And, you know, the rest of them ain't did nothing just as well. But the thing of it is, keep I call them the white liberals like George Soros. They want to keep you divided and the regular white folks got caught into that deal with obama because he used his color. Levi, the man lied to you. Chevrolet jobs. There was no Chevrolet jobs. You can keep your doctor. There you can't. I couldn't I had a $25 copay. Levi, now I got to pay 15 to 2000 just to see the doctor. The man lied. Now Hillary want to come and do the same thing. Levi, You want to do this all over again? Because if we lose it this time, Levi, everybody suffers, baby. Your kids, everybody. You got to wake up and stop letting them bamboozle you, big daddy, because time is short. You're a young man. We open the blacks. They talking race all the time. Martin Luther King and all us, open the doors for you blacks, if you want to put it that way. Take it. You got blacks that made it. They didn't go and use color. Use it. You got the world in the palm of your hand right now. Go through the front door and use it, Big Daddy. Don't keep looking for excuses. The only excuse you do for blacks that don't make it, they look in that mirror and ask themselves why they didn't make it. It ain't about the white man. It ain't about, because you got Hispanics, all everybody over here making it, and you still riding the bicycle. Come on, Big Levi. Wake up and smell the coffee. We told you twice. Now, this is the third time. Three strikes you out, Big
0: Daddy. Three strikes, uh, three strikes, America's out, AJ. Three strikes, America's out. All right. My brother from another mother, you have gotten the truth. The truth shall set you free. When you make up your mind, you call me back, all right? Yes, sir. I'll be cool. I'm going to be cool. Dr. Tony in Wilmington. What's up, Dr. Tony? How are you?
2: Um, I'm a cardiologist. I appreciate everything you do for this country. I just want to make some points that the TV docs aren't making and that I know you would agree with. The the first one, this whole idea that doctors can't speculate as to what's wrong is absurd. We do that every day. It's called a differential diagnosis. We get a little bit of information information. We come up with things we think it could be, and then we order tests to prove that that's what it is. You know, we've done that all the way through medical school and residency. So the idea that we can't speculate is absurd. And then I want to just tell you, they're not being honest about a couple of diagnoses that are obvious. As a cardiologist, Mrs. Clinton is passing out. She has something called orthostasis, where her blood pressure is low. And that just means, is it a cardiac event or is it a neurological event? And as a cardiologist, I've seen people pass out for 36 years, and she does not have a cardiac cause to this problem. It makes me, and the reason I know that, because if it was, they would treat her. They would give her something like a steroid called Florinef to try to raise her blood pressure so it wouldn't happen so often. So what that means, Sean, is that she's got something called an autonomic nervous system problem, which means something else is going on. And I think I've heard you say on a couple occasions that people have told you that she may have Parkinson's disease. It is the one disease that explains all the things that we see, that we can speculate from, her stares, her lack of focus.
0: What about getting, that twitching thing?
2: The twitching, the, the thing that looks like a petite mouth seizure, like a little seizure activity, her unsteadiness where Joe Biden had to hold her up. All of these things, to me, mean they may be hiding a diagnosis, of a parkinson-like syndrome or disease where either it's the disease itself or the medicines that after a number of years these dopamine agonists actually cause these symptoms and the reason i'm calling is i'm upset that doctors aren't out there saying this is dangerous to have somebody on coumadin who has a neurological component to her passing out means in the middle of the night when she gets that three a.m. call she can get up fall bleed be incapacitated and not be able to take care of her duties as president.
0: Uh, you know what the like, problem is, is, Dr. Tony, we're never going to know the truth. You want to know why? Because she never tells the truth. She's never transparent. She's never honest. I, I don't trust a word that she says. I don't believe her. I don't believe the doctor that is probably a huge supporter of hers. I just but don't. I think you I think, I think, I, you're I, right, I think look, if I want to get an enabler doctor, I can get an enabler doctor. You know what? My doctor is not an enabler. My doctor tells me he's going to do it his way and only his way, and he doesn't care what I want. And right. I said to him one time, I, you know, why don't you give me some Ambien for sleep? He goes, how about I don't? He goes, exactly. I said, you know, I, I said, why not? He goes, because you don't need it. If you're sleepy, you'll pass
2: out. That's what he said to me. Well, doctors are being more passive in the last five to ten years. Oh, listen, I, 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 I know somebody the that
0: goes sitting in and get the, they get a pimple taken off and they're given, you know, 50 uh, Oxycontins for crying out loud. And then we wonder why Good. everyone's getting addicted to, you know, Oxycontin and Vicodin and Percocet. It's
2: ridiculous. Yeah, well, you're right. That's a, no- that's a whole other issue. But I'm telling you, we know she doesn't have a cardiac cause to her passing out. There is a neurological component. They're holding back something. It disqualifies her while she's on chronic. They said lifelong Coumadin. So to me, if I was a doctor having to clear a pilot, you got to do a thallium, a type of stress test. And if she has heart disease,
0: he's I do qualified. a th- I do a Jesus thallium qualified. stress test once a year. My doctor makes me. Once right. a year, once every two years max. And well, if it's once it every two years, he gets
2: what you deal with.
0: Yeah, well, look, I mean, look, I, yeah, I've got mild high blood pressure and a little bit of cholesterol issues, but it's really low because I take medicine. And that's what medicine's are for. Those evil pharmaceutical companies, I should refer to them as liberals refer to them. Anyway, appreciate your call It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks, and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity right now, and you'll get 10% off. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. Now, the same Hollywood that sold the American dream. They are now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China.